0: Hello Catholic Divas, welcome to Cycles and Sanctity podcast. I am Mama Jane, wife to Steve for almost 37 years, mother of six wonderful children, fertility awareness instructor, and a Catholic mindset coach. Are you confused about your cycle? Do you want to learn how charting your cycles can give you insight, not only to your health, but your mental and emotional state as well? And most importantly, using this information to draw closer to God. And pursue your path to holiness? If you answered yes, then you are in the right place. Go grab your journal and your favorite pen and let's do this. Welcome back, Catholic Divas. As you know, August is Breastfeeding Awareness Month, and so I have a very special guest. Her name is Vicki Valencia. She is RNBSN IBCLC. She is a labor and delivery nurse, a Lalechi League leader, and a IBCLC. So Vicki, welcome to Cycles and Sanctity. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah. So tell me, what is IBCLC for those who don't know? It's a long, fancy name for lactation consultant,
1: internationally board-certified lactation consultant.
0: Wow, that's awesome. La
1: Leche League actually made them a thing because in the medical community, they like certifications and La Leche League is a lay person's support group. And so they kind of developed the lactation consultant, but it's international. So mothers worldwide still get the support for breastfeeding.
0: Wow, I did not know that. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. So speaking of which, tell us a little bit about La Leche League. Tell us about how it was founded and what that is.
1: La Leche League is a nonprofit support group that seven Catholic women from Illinois started because they were at a church picnic thinking we can't be the only people breastfeeding 65 years ago. And these ladies worked together, and they made a mom-to-mom support group for mothers breastfeeding, whether they want to breastfeed for five minutes or five years. So it is actually worldwide. So you could be traveling in Germany and finding English-speaking La League. It's worldwide, and their one and only goal is to support breastfeeding mothers.
0: Wow, that's fantastic. So you became a La Leche League leader in 98. Is that correct? Yes, it's kind of a funny story. I found La Leche League
1: when my first son was three months old, and I thought I was the only breastfeeding mother and stay-at-home mom in the world. I often have a selfish view of of the world. But I found La Leche League on a a flyer at WIC, and I was like, well, let's try it. And I was really nervous because who goes to breastfeeding support groups? But it was the best thing I ever did. And then I started my path to leadership. When my third son was born in 1995, and it took me, La is very mother-led, and I finally completed it after my fourth son was born in 1998. And just out of curiosity, tell us how many children you have. I have eight children, five boys, three girls, and they were all breastfed. For the shortest kid that breastfed was my second one because those two kiddos were only about 16 months apart, And, he and but everybody else nursed for at least two years to two to four years.
0: Wow, that's fantastic. So just as a reminder, worldwide, the average weaning age is four years old. And one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this is, first of all, because this is National Breastfeeding Month, but also how does it relate to cycles and sanctity? Well, breastfeeding is a form of natural family planning. I have mentioned to you before that I have many, many friends and I myself breastfed and then ovulated and was able to get pregnant and just continued. So this is a very viable natural family planning or fertility awareness. But again, one of the things about fertility awareness is if you Need to postpone that baby, it's very important to understand your cycle because remember, ovulation occurs before menstruation. So sometimes breastfeeding moms don't realize that they are already pregnant because they're expecting their period or their menstruation to happen, thinking that they don't have a cycle. And that's why it's very important to get a coach like myself and to be charting your cycle. And sometimes as a breastfeeding mom, charting can be very boring because, and I'm going to ask Vicki to actually explain this a little bit, breastfeeding suppresses ovulation. And so remember I talked about the basic infertile pattern. Breastfeeding moms can have a long, basic infertile pattern. I remember one of my first clients, when she came to me, her cycle was starting to come back and she had a six-month BIP because she had been breastfeeding and she had, had already been doing Billings. She just kind of needed a, a recharge a recheck with me. This was her fifth or sixth child, I don't remember. And that's the beauty of having a coach with a Billings instructor. Once you've worked with them, you can always come back. But share with us, Vicki, about the beauty about breastfeeding. What does it do with hormones, about suppressing ovulation? So the trick is
1: exclusive breastfeeding. In today's society, we have a lot of ways to alternately care for our babies. But if you would like to use breastfeeding as a natural child spacer, it means the only thing going in the baby's mouth is your breast. So I mean, if they suck on their fingers in in their sleep, that's okay. But when they want to suck to pacify them with a pacifier, you are anytime you put a substitute in your baby's mouth that is not your breast, then your body is missing the cue of, hey, we're still making milk, we're still making milk. So the hormones shift and your body is meant to not make babies while you're nursing a baby. I mean, it's it's because it's kind of hard to take care of lots of babies at once. Obviously, it can be done because people have multiples. So exclusive. Breastfeeding is the trick. And again, there's just no guarantee. Everybody's different. And that's why it's important to keep charting going because you can ovulate and get pregnant. I have have personally done it.
0: (laughs) Awesome. So then the other thing I wanted to ask you is why is it important to either seek out a La Leche League leader or an IBCLC when you're first starting breastfeeding? Breastfeeding
1: is an art and a science, and it is natural, but sometimes it doesn't come naturally. Breasts come in all shapes and sizes, so do nipples. We don't discuss this. And many women don't even give second thought to their breasts until after their baby's born— And so they they really don't even know the questions to ask beforehand. So little babies have little mouths. They want to suck on everything but your breast. And it can be very overwhelming. Moms worry about, is my baby getting enough? And with bottles, you can see, and the medical field can see, yes, I am confident this baby intook this much. And they feel that that is a comfort to the medical field. But breastfeeding, I mean for millennia, literally thousands of years, the way we fed babies was breast milk. And if the mother couldn't do it, a wet nurse did, whether it was a sister or cousin, the grandma, but breastfeeding works and it takes a lot of patience and support for the mom. In America, we just really rush mothers back to regular life and it takes a full year to recover from having a child. So, breastfeeding. the support because it's very easy. And I like to tease like breastfeeding hours are like light years. I mean, they seem so long, like 2 a.m. in the night with your baby, breastfeeding is way different than 2 a.m. at the club. So <laughs> you're <laughs> still up, but it's a whole different perspective. And mother's need, you're very vulnerable as a mother. We learn through emotion, not the way we like to, to teach women in the hospital. We leave you with a whole bunch of papers and a whole bunch of words, 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 and fresh postpartum women. And actually for the first year after you birth, words are not the way you learn. You learn through emotion and support and demonstration. So that's why the support is very important. Many hospitals have support groups that end at six weeks. The beauty of La Leche League is that it goes for the span of the breastfeeding child. So you have support, whether you have a two-day-old or a two-year-old. Right. And it's mom-to-mom support. So you're not getting a medical professional A lot of times women with medical professionals feel a little intimidated. This is mother to mother. This is another mom getting through the day with her one kid, five kids, it doesn't really matter. And there is just a unspoken bond when you walk into these rooms that you're all on the same playing field. And it's comforting to look at another mom and be like, wow, she's doing it. I can do this. It's like, doesn't even have to be put into words.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because I think the first time I ever went to a La League meeting was after my second son. You know, I had seven years of infertility and it was really the first time I had been exposed to actually having a toddler Mm -hmm. nursing. Mm -hmm. I knew that that happened. I just hadn't experienced it. And just to see these moms very naturally, the child was you know, playing with something and then just come up on the mom's lap and she just nursed. And at first it was a shock Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. we're not exposed to that in this day and age. But again, that's what I wanted to remind our audience is that worldwide, the average weaning age, which means that the child is no longer breastfeeding, is four years old. And unfortunately, what is it in the United States? It's like, I think it's six months old or something. Yes, but the American Academy of Pediatrics just adopted the
1: fact that two years is the recommended breastfeeding time, which is huge. The American Academy of Pediatrics also supports two years. But many mothers have to go back to work, and there's a lot of things that get in the way, but also in child development – Sucking is a self-soothing. So that's why sometimes you have little kindergartners that are still sucking on their thumb or their fingers because that's self-soothing. Whereas in America, we are blessed with abundant food and support like that. And so we think it's strange to have a baby or a child sucking past really. I mean, many moms come to me and say, Well, my grandma is like, Oh my gosh, that baby's that baby has teeth. How can you breastfeed? Fun fact: babies cannot
0: suck and scream, and they cannot bite and suck. That's right. So, yeah. And you know, that's that's a really good point. One of the things I wanted you to talk about is breastfeeding isn't just feeding the baby the nutrition. It's doing so much more. Talk to us about the beauty of the development of when the baby's first born and that distance, because that was fascinating to me when I first- was introduced to breastfeeding and the development, the importance of like the distance. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: talk- a lot of people don't think babies can quote see. They can see. They're just their clearest vision is the distance between the mother's arm and her face when in a cradle hole in a breastfeeding hold. And so they bond with you that way. And it's very important skin to skin. They they bond. Breastfeeding is yes Feeding of the baby, but it's so much more. There is a doctor in South Africa. His name is uh, Niels Bergman, and he has done a lot. He's famous for kangaroo care uh, of NICU babies, and he has scientifically proven that it rewires the mother and infant's brain to be skin to skin and breastfeed, or and especially the skin to skin on some of the preemies. You can't quite breastfeed, but the skin to skin and the breastfeeding is so important. It's not just the nutritious milk, which we cannot replace. I, I mean. I'm not saying that formula is the enemy, but breast milk is best. It is literally made. Each mother makes specific milk for each baby. And Nils Bergman has found that your neurotransmitters are actually rewired so that when your baby cries, instead of the cortisol response of fight or flight, it is a nurturing response. Like the the skin-to-skin bonding makes the mom go, oh, my baby's crying. I want to fix this instead of,
0: oh, goodness, my baby's crying. Panic. Wow, And then also one of the other hormones that I've talked about as well is oxytocin. absolutely. I love hormones. Will you will you share a little bit more about that? because I'm just always fascinated about just how beneficial it is for the mother's body?: Absolutely. Breastfeeding is so important. One of the fun facts that stuck
1: with me over the years, there was a study done, and for one year of breastfeeding, women have a fifteen percent chance less of cardiovascular issues postmenopausal.
0: Wow. I that's, mean, that's amazing. That's
1: big. Yeah. However, back to the oxytocin. Oxytocin, when the hormone is released, when your milk lets down, it's a, one of the hormones that helps allow the milk come to the baby and it is a relaxing hormone. So I have a specific memory of, I think it was my fifth kid and it was hectic and the boys were running around. And I was, of course, on the phone. And this is back when you had a phone that was, I I think it was probably cordless. But anyway, I was talking to a friend and all of a sudden she was like, are you breastfeeding? And I was like, weird, why? Because we didn't have FaceTime back then. And I was like, yes, why? She's like, you could just hear the change in your whole demeanor because the milk, the oxytocin makes you relax. So a lot of times I used to tease, you know, I'm going to go lay the baby down and I'll be back out. There's no coming back out. I would go to sleep with the baby all relaxed and warm and <laughs> cuddly. So oxytocin helps you calm and focus where the focus is. Actually, Mama Jane here, I remember one of my children, and we were talking about postpartum, and I was probably trying to be type A and run around and do crazy things, and she was like, your only job is to feed this baby. You are it. You're the one that's your breast milk is keeping this baby alive. That's your
0: job. Nothing else gets done. Nothing else gets done. Yeah it's so funny because when you said that I I had this memory my one of my favorite like mantras as a young mother and sharing with other mothers was we're human beings not human doers And being a mom is exactly what you're doing when you're breastfeeding. And I remember with my first daughter, you know, I was in the army and I would sit there all day long. And I remember sitting and looking at the table, the coffee table, it needed dusting. And I forgot, like every time I sat and of course, I was breastfeeding like every two hours. And then I would get up and change her diaper and then I would forget Mm -hmm. to go dust it. And then I would sit down again and I would look at it and I'm like, ah, and I would get frustrated mm-hmm. because I couldn't do Dude. things. Mm-hmm. And now I have discovered that being the mom, breastfeeding the baby is the best thing to do, not just for that baby, but also for yourself. Absolutely. And for the rest of your family as well. Your kids are just phenomenal and very close in age. Mm-hmm. Who are the farthest apart Probably Nancy Nancy and Claire were
1: three years, and Nancy and Claire are
0: five. Okay, so three and five, yeah. And did you ever tandem nurse? I did, and that's a story I really want to tell. Here's the other
1: thing: I feel I have a special niche because when it comes to breastfeeding, you hear, "Oh, it's so wonderful, it's so great," and it is. It is absolutely the best thing you do for your mom and baby. But there are moments of frustration and overwhelming, and those feelings of like overwhelmingness are normal, but. You need that reassurance that it's normal. And I was a Lolita Leaguer, had been a Lolita League leader for a while. And my number six kiddo, Quentin, was very clingy. He actually is on the spectrum, the autism spectrum, and, and breastfeeding was one of the things that really helped him. And he and Nancy are almost three years apart, and he had weaned. And then Nancy was born. And honestly, the first time he saw her, he said, Where is her mother? <laughs> I said, "Well, we had this talk, and so my midwife suggested that if he wanted a nurse to let him." And I thought, my other children, it is normal when you have children, when you still have younger children. For them, I mean, they see you feeding this baby, and they kind of want in. So a lot of times, you if you offer the breast to the older child, they just like kind of lick it, and they don't remember, and they laugh, and they're like, "That's for babies," and they don't do anything. Well, Quentin took, and honestly, it was very overwhelming. I, I mean, this was my seventh kid, so I had six others to take care of, and now I had two babies wanting to nurse for me, and it was just – I was shocked at, at, at a little bit of resentment I felt towards Quentin. And, I mean, you, not I don't want to sound dramatic, but it was, it's just – it was. I didn't expect it to be so much because in my experience, the only time I saw tandem nursing was at a Little Eastern League meeting, and those moms just seemed to love it. Now, even at Lily Chumlee meetings, we put our best foot forward. So, you know, you don't come in and spill the tea right away. Right, And then I called a very dear friend of mine that had seven kids. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm just, what's wrong with me? She said, there is nothing wrong with you. This is a lot. But I am very grateful that I did it. And I feel that it helped Quentin heal and help him bond with me and his sister. And I would never change it. But it's not always easy, as motherhood is not an right. easy vocation.
0: Absolutely. And that's one of those things that I want to remind every woman is that, you know, motherhood is a calling. And, you know, we have so many women. We we had Emily Adams here talking about infant loss, and that's that's a whole other issue. And We had talked about that. And having multiple children, you know, Vicki is a mother of eight. And what I want to do, though, is I want to transition because you... Oh, you and I've known each other for a long time. So, little caveat Vicki is my niece. And so, we are only eight years apart. We're very close. We're all more like sisters because her mom is 15 years older than I am. So, we have a lot of motherhood stories together. I do. And so, you had wanted to be a nurse and you got pregnant in college. You guys had the baby, you guys got married, and you put that dream on hold. And when did you become a nurse? Share with us that story, because I think for me, what I have seen in you as as becoming a nurse and hearing the stories, because now you're a labor and delivery Mm -hmm. nurse, And you also are La Leche League leader, IBCLC. So you come with a lot of tools into the hospital, onto the floor. But because, more importantly, you have already birthed eight children, you have this knowingness. Yes, you have the science of the nursing degree. You have a BS and RN. But the knowingness of actually birthing, I think that gives you that clout. Talk to us a little bit about the advantage of having birthed helping another woman in a hospital setting as a nurse? Yes, I don't believe. I think you can
1: be a great labor and delivery nurse and not necessarily have had your own children. But if you have had your own children, you truly do know. And labor is exactly that labor. It is hard work. When any of us do any kind of hard work, you need the support so I mean I feel very lucky that I did not choose to get any pain medications with my children and so if I have moms that are trying to go natural a lot of times I feel like the tool I have is that I have been there and done that so I do know and I kind of can I can like your innuendos of reading when a mom needs a repositioning or when she needs a boost or when she needs a drink of water it just kind of comes intuitively and I I do want to add here I was blessed to walk straight into labor and delivery, which is why I became a nurse. That's the kind of nurse I always wanted to be. I have had amazing mentors. But at the end of the day, every day, I get the joy of. It's okay. Women become mothers and every day it is through the grace of God.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So just a little caveat. I am visiting. Vicky, that when we're doing this interview, and she had a, a beautiful traumatic, potentially traumatic episode with a mother that because of her experience, she shared with us that it could have gone terribly wrong, and yet it went terribly right, and God was there in the room, and I've been blessed to vicariously live through that, watch her come home and share the story, and so it is, birthing is very important, very It's laborist. That's why we call it labor. That's exactly right. But it's also our superpower. And that's one of the things I want to remind you is that remember ovulation, menstruation, gestation, and birthing are all superpowers. The reason why we have breasts Is to feed our children. This is a great gift. And actually going back to tandem nursing, I want to share something. So in case you have never heard of that term, or you've never seen someone tandem nursing, literally tandem means two. So you're nursing two children. And for me, I remember I had never considered it. My son was a little over two when I got pregnant with my third. My husband was in Korea, and I was seeing my OBGYN, who was also our pediatrician, and I just kind of asked him, like, I don't even know how to wean. I don't know how to do this with him because I don't have the support. What I had learned from Malachi League was really having dad help kind of wean and take him and things. And this doctor was so gracious, Dr. Jonas. He just looked at me and said, well, that's why you have two breasts. You could nurse two babies. And I remember feeling so calm after that because my husband was scheduled to come home before baby number three was born, but I just didn't know. And then I tandem nursed for a few months. He turned three. My husband felt like he needed to wean, and he also needed a potty train, and we were doing it all at once. And I realized, like, he's not ready. We're going to wait And we just waited a month for him to potty train. Well, potty train poo. And sorry, guys, we're getting into the nitty gritty of motherhood here. and it, it we just that one month and he was ready and then i think he finally weaned about i think my third was about 4 months or 5 months and he just naturally he by that time he had only nursed really to go to sleep so for nap and for bedtime is when he really only needed to nurse but it is a great blessing and so i want us to remember that breastfeeding is a gift but breastfeeding is also a superpower and so is birthing
1: yeah, That's kind of where I know now I have a thousand thoughts going mm-hmm. on. But number one, I, I do know that God is present at every delivery. Every single delivery is a, a miracle, however the birth occurs. And the other thing is very important. My passion with women, whether they have medication in their birth, whether they have an operative birth, however the baby gets here. They need to feel empowered and strong and that they absolutely did the best they could. And because if you have a positive birth experience, you need that high to come home and think, my body just did this. I just brought a human into this world. Of course I can feed this baby. Of Mm -hmm. course my body can do it. My body had this baby. And that does even apply to moms that end up having a C-section a lot of times. There's some grief in that. And we don't do a very good job of acknowledging the, the fact that there is a loss in not having a vaginal birth. It's not a good or bad thing. We're not talking good or bad. It's just every mother needs to feel their body did the best it could do. And we're lucky that we live in America and we have surgeons that can save situations that might not otherwise be able to be saved. The important part is for every mother to feel empowered laborers work. They were able to accomplish this work. Therefore, they can accomplish breastfeeding because
0: your body can do it. Wow, that's that's amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, exactly. And that's really what this podcast is really all about, is to support women in all journeys of their life. Because again, we we've talked about this, the whole reproductive system is to reproduce. And this is really one of those aspects that I just want to remind everyone about children are gifts. We've talked about that, no matter how they were conceived. And just like you said, Every birth is a gift from God, and every woman is powerful no matter how that birth ended. But have you had any experience as far as like one of the things that I have heard that has helped heal sometimes? Because we do have this Disney picture of, you know, how our birth is going to happen, and then it doesn't happen that way at all, of how to heal if that is a disconnect of like you had emergency C-section or the baby almost died or whatever the trauma is. How do we heal from that as a woman so that then we can become the best version of ourselves for that child? I've heard journaling, but what other things that you've heard or, or have actually encouraged women? Definitely follow up. We're very big now in postpartum
1: depression screening because that's a very real thing. And we also educate the partners because a lot of times when you're in the forest, you can't see the trees. So we educate the family, hey, you know, if you see these signs or this is this mom's baseline, we have a specific set of questions. And if they if they seem to be deviating from their baseline, it is important to get help. It is not weak. It is not shameful. It is encouraged therapy, you know, some mom-to-mom support groups. There is a hotline if it's a crisis moment. And, of course, if it's a crisis, crisis moment, 911 but especially early postpartum, if you end up going to the hospital for any reason, absolutely the first six weeks up to really three months, you need to say, I just had a baby. They need to know you just had a baby. And so that's, that's fair. And, and that's what I encourage. I mean, breastfeeding also does help heal traumatic births. It does mean you kind of have to have a positive breastfeeding experience. So that's why I encourage getting, you know, La Licha League, it's wonderful if you can go to a meeting before you have your baby. Even if you might not get it, if it's your first baby and you're at a leech meeting and you're thinking, man, I just got to have this kid. You know, I don't even know about all this other stuff running around. Even if you're just exposed to it and you're not even sure if it's right for you, you've at least seen it. There's so much of birth and breastfeeding we don't see. Another thing I was going to say, Mama Jane asked me like what were my devotions. And I have to say, I was like, wow, what are my devotions besides desperation some days? There is a mother's manual that the, the original one was by Francis Coombs. And I've only been able to find a newer edition, but it's still lovely. And honestly, it has everything in this book that all the feelings, the positive feelings, the negative feelings, and you can have a moment. It you know how sometimes you think a book's not going to have it, and you're like, wow, I'm feeling this overwhelming feeling, and you open it up, and it's prayer for healing. That could be whatever that is. It could be birth trauma. It could be, you know, your the episiotomy you didn't expect, the C-section you didn't expect, the nibbles that you didn't expect to get so sore. I mean, so mm-hmm. it just is a very easy, easy go-to. It is a mother's manual because the prayers are short, quick, and encouraging.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm so glad that you you mentioned that and we'll we'll put that in the show notes. It, the original is by Father A Francis Coomb's SJ and I'm trying to think is it the is a second one still that? Oh, it's been it's been mm-hmm. edited. It's by Aquinas Press, but I used to give this to mm-hmm. all of my friends whenever I went to a, a baptism or as a Gift a baby shower gift mm-hmm. or something like that because this was my saving grace. Mm-hmm. This this prayer book and I prayed it for so many years. Mm-hmm. I think I may even still have mine in my nightstand somewhere. Well, I was telling you I have my
1: original one. I have the the front page that has fallen out. That it's it's like threadbare, war torn, and that is what it prayed for. Right? That's right. That's right. And I know I still have the original book, but yeah. I, I think I put it in like the special things I don't want to further deteriorate. And right. that's Why I have this right. newer version. Yes.
0: Um, absolutely. That's awesome. Well, do you have anything else to share with our audience about breastfeeding in general or how would someone get in touch with you? Do you do any online counseling or?
1: I don't do a lot of online counseling yet. (laughs) I give my phone number out freely. I mean, if anybody has any breastfeeding questions, they want encouragement. I'm a night nurse. You can text me day or night. If I don't get immediately back to you, I will get back to you or text me again. You can't text me too much. I'm not bothered that way. <laughs> and and nobody has to worry about the time because if I'm sleeping, I turn my phone off. So yeah. So text is honestly the best way to reach me because then I can get back to you in just a little blurb. And then... W- Wherever someone is, there is a Loliche League and online now, Loliche League online has a big support group and your local health department, your WIC department, if you qualify for that, they have a lot of breastfeeding support. And it's just something that's, if you're pregnant, if you know somebody that's pregnant, it's really encouraging just to say, hey, have you thought about breastfeeding? And when they say, yeah, I'm going to try it. That's when you direct them to get some kind of support or class before it really goes down. Because again, like labor, it's it's very important to get a class, read a book not TikTok. That's not totally the way to go because you, you need to know. And even if it doesn't totally register, like, you know, the first time you learn a skill, you you might not totally get it. But then when it starts happening, you're like, Oh, I remember that. I heard that in class or this is normal. And part of successful breastfeeding is being over the fear and knowledge is power.
0: Yeah. You know what? I just remembered as a matter of fact, one of the things when I first started breastfeeding, my second child, my first one, I didn't have La Leche League and right. I didn't have the support. I was in the Germany. army and it was just, it was cr- kind of crazy. But by the second time with my son, I had a great support team, La Leche League and a lot of Catholic moms. But one of the Catholic moms taught me because one of the fears that I had was breastfeeding in public. And many times we have that. Now, nowadays you have like these little blanket things that you can put over the baby head or whatever, but we didn't have it. And one of my friends, Diane Spinelli, taught me, she said, sit in front of the mirror mm-hmm. and practice breastfeeding. And I would do that. And it was so funny because I actually had a time where there was this instance, I was breastfeeding in public, but when I was in, went to Korea to visit my husband and whenever we were on the bus, we were in a bus filled with soldiers. So I was very conscious I would always think about which side I needed to nurse on, because at this time Johnny was just needing to nurse to nap. And we would time it to get on the bus right before his nap time. And I would sit next to the window Mm -hmm. of the side that I was going to breastfeed him so that nobody could see. But it was just interesting when I shared with my husband all of the thought process of all the tactics and the techniques that I'm thinking, I'm looking in this room and I'm situating and figuring out who might be offended of me breastfeeding or where do I need to be a little bit more modest or where do I need to lean he was kind of amazed of like, wait, you think of all those things? And I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to be modest, but I have to feed my baby. And that's the thing about breastfeeding is that we're not exposing our bodies for pleasure for other people. We're doing something that is nutritious and it's holy. And Our Lady actually breastfed Jesus. And there's actually a shrine which I think that's how La Leche League got its name. But there's a shrine in St. Augustine, Florida. It's La Leche League Shrine, and it's actually in in Espanol. It's La Señora de la Leche y Buen Parto, Our Lady of Good Milk and Good Birth. And it's a beautiful shrine if you can get there. I have a statue from that shrine, and I used to pass that to different moms that were pregnant so that they could take her to... And I I used to take that, that little statue to the different hospitals after I got it with the different births. And anytime I hear of a mom who has a... I've had a couple of friends in the past years that were really not sure the situation was very dire at their pregnancies, and I just pulled out that statue and just would pray to Our Lady. So anyway, remember... Our lady breastfed Jesus, which is really, really important. So two of those things.
1: La Lecha League is definitely a group of take what you like and leave the rest. So sometimes people, you know, you'll go to a, a group and you'll look for support and somebody will say something that doesn't strike you right. Please try not to take that personally. I mean, we all approach breastfeeding in a different way. And that reminded me when you brought up the modesty. Some women are more modest than others. So if... You don't have to have a cover up to breastfeed. Honestly, when you're breastfeeding in public, you really more see the tummy that's left over from your baby rather than the breast, because the baby is on the nipple if he's latched he or she is latched properly. So sometimes getting into that position, it is nice to be conscious of like what you're wearing. I remember one time one of my babies was two weeks old and I went out to like this, you know, street festival and I had a jumper on. Like what that that's a postpartum brain right there. I'll wear this cute jumper. Terrible plan with a breastfeeding baby. Fortunately, in the beauty of motherhood, another mom that I did not know saw my struggle as my little boys are running amuck and this baby girl is screaming her head off wanting to nurse and I'm in this awkward position. And she was like, honey, come with me. My car's right. My van's right over here. Let's go gather up your boys. And and so her boys and my boys played outside the car because we was kind of parked in a field and she let me breastfeed, you know, get naked practically and breastfeed in her van. And she was like, you probably should retire this until she's a little older. <laughs> but what a gift that a mother I didn't know. I mean, and that's the beauty of motherhood. And, and you know, if you ever see another mom that looks like she's struggling, I, another word I had, uh, my number six, like I said, he was a challenging guy. He was very, very colicky. And I was in the store and he was screaming, screaming, screaming. And a grandma came up behind me and put her hand on my shoulder and said you'll get through this and that that's carried me to this day he's 21 years old guys and it's just you don't realize the power of encouraging
0: your fellow mothers Mm -hmm. and that's and that is the reason why I, I go by Mama Jane is because my goal, my desire is to always mama the mamas. Our priests, I I shared with the priest and I said, well, I'm a mama. He said, well, of course you are. You mama me all the time. So, well, thank you so much for this interview. I really appreciate it. And really thank you so much for all of your work that you've done since 98. And my goodness gracious, 25 years, you've been a La League leader. You've been a labor and delivery nurse. You help mothers. You've been I. have CLC. That takes a lot. That takes a lot of recertification, a lot of time. And yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, we will continue this conversation all month long about breastfeeding, the benefits of breastfeeding, how breastfeeding can help you spiritually. As Vicki mentioned, it brings you calm, but it also helps you with your intuition as a mother. Mm-hmm. And remember, that's what I talked about. I've been telling you about Billings, it really teaches you to, as a woman, Mm -hmm. to connect with your discernment and your intuition. All right, we will see you next week. God bless you. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I want to invite you to the Uniquely Beautifully You program. The registration form is in the show notes, and I look forward to serving you.